Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video. Sometimes the hardest thing is to comply, but you know what's not hard at all? Hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I've set up a channel membership just in case you want to show your support and help keep story time going for as long as possible. So if you love my videos or want to have your comments shown like this one by Phantasm, click the join button below this video. That said, our first story of the day is by Ordos Deluxe. He was very specific about what data he wanted. So I work for a large IT company and we have several projects which work with other companies and other departments. It's pretty gargantuan, so it's super easy for you to come across teams or people who you'll never have met despite having years of service within the company. In this story, I've been assigned to a project where we're migrating legacy data from one old system, let's call this Pepsi, to a new one, let's call this Sprite. Normally, this would be a fairly trivial exercise, except for two things. The new system is air-gapped for security reasons, meaning that any inbound data transfer needs to be handled via removable media. Two, the project manager assigned to the project is a complete jerk, and completely disregards the advice of the technical staff, despite having no understanding of our tech himself. So we had a call today to discuss what data would be captured, how much was needed, etc. In this discussion, the subject of file attachments was brought up. For further context, in the Pepsi system, files can be attached to user requests. These can be anything from Word files to PDFs. In the target air-gapped system, they have Microsoft Office and all the tools you'd expect most IT systems to have. We're nowhere near the stage of moving everything yet, so the customer decided that they wanted a proof-of-concept test to see how things would work specifically geared around attachments and how they would upload into Sprite. The following conversation took place. The project manager says, We need to test how Sprite handles attachments. Can we move some attachments from Pepsi into Sprite? I say yes we can, but the system is air-gapped, remember, so a data movement request will take some time. Also, the project manager says, That doesn't matter, just get it done. I say I understand, but it usually takes 3-4 to days for these transfers to be organized because someone has to drive to the site to do the transfer. I know that time and billing are critical here. You might actually be better just creating dummy attachments inside Sprite and testing them that way. All the infrastructure is there for it, and also, I was going to say, project manager says, look, stop trying to make the decision when I've already made it. Make the arrangements to get this to happen. I say, okay, can you send the minutes out with this included, please? The project manager obliges, expressing in the minutes that go to every man and his dog, explaining that he's rejected my solution and that we'll wait for the actual data. Because I work in day-to-day operations with these tools and I know everyone involved, I was more up to speed than a management type who only had a passing interest in us for as long as his project assigned him there. In my response, I finally get across the point that I was trying to say in the meeting. I would arrange the file transfers immediately, but of the staff who had security clearance to access Sprite, that weren't on the opposite side of the world, 
One was in maternity leave, one was off with COVID, and the third had left the company the previous week. I estimated that it could be as much as three weeks before his request was completed. Don't think he was very happy based on his response. In situations like this, where somebody's being very hard-headed about just getting something done, talking over you, when you have a very important point to make, do you believe in those moments it's fine to get a little heated and make sure your point is out there? Or do you think that that person's intentionally sinking themselves and if they're gonna be that insistent, it's not worth the bother? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Appropriate Emotion 63 Would you like some coffee? Some background context, my girlfriend has a personality of an angry chihuahua sometimes. She'll be petty about something out of nowhere, but she doesn't know how petty I can be. One day, I was rushing out after work to go to the gym. I was kind of pressed for time, so I thought I'd make myself an espresso shot as a pick-me-up before I headed out. I usually offer to make her one when I make one for myself, but it was late in the evening so I didn't know if she would want one because it might keep her from sleeping. Plus, she was just chilling in the next room, plus I wanted to get to the gym. Yes, I still felt bad for not asking her, but that's besides the point. Make my espresso, down it, and started heading towards the door. She says, wait, you made a coffee and didn't offer me any? I say, yeah, I have to get to the gym. She says, I thought you'd have offered to make me one too. The least you could have done is ask. Just do you then. I do me and head to the gym. Get home from the gym, she conveniently takes her last sip of coffee, probably waiting for me to walk in to make a point, still upset about it. So I said, okay, I'll ask her if she wants coffee next time instead of assuming. Next morning comes, we usually go to the gym together in the mornings, but she loves to sleep in sometimes, and today was one of those times. I decided to go on my own, but, as routine, make my espresso. Cue malicious compliance. I run back towards the bedroom where she's all snuggled up. I say, babe, her springing up straight, still half asleep. What's going on? I say, I'm making coffee. Do you want any? We had a good laugh. She went back to bed. I went on my way. This is one of those things in hindsight where I feel like it would have made sense in the moment and done the same thing. And then you get guilt tripped about it and you're like, well, I guess I could have taken two seconds to walk in the other room and ask. But then you go to the gym and you're working out and you're like, wait, why do I have to ask every time I make coffee? In the middle of lifting heavy weights like, I don't have to ask every time I make an espresso. Then you get back home and you're promptly, yes dear, yes babe, okay, I'll ask next time. Our next story is by Sia Soya. Hey, remind me to pick this up. Okay ma, please pick this up. This is a relatively short and simple malicious compliance. Every time my mom asks me to remind her to do something, I remind her immediately after she says it. Hey OP, can you remind me to pick up those aqua socks from the repair shop? Okay ma, please pick up the aqua socks from the repair shop. Of course, the spirit of her request is to ask her later or after a while, so of course, I remind her when we're in the middle of something. In the middle of buying Speedos, funnily enough, I say, oh yeah ma, don't forget to pick up your aqua socks. She says, dang, you're right. Funny enough, I feel like having these kinds of exchanges might help somebody remember things a little bit better. If you have like a little cutesy exchange and you laugh or you're like, okay, I feel like later on my mind might go back to that moment and actually remember, but it would be nice to be reminded of whatever later on too, just in general. This next story is by Sergio0713, won't reimburse my cheaper version of the books? Fine, 
I'll order the newest, most expensive versions. Back when I was in college, I worked part-time for a big company that had tuition reimbursement. Normally, the tuition reimbursement process was long, but the people who processed it were cool and helpful. However, the second time I submitted for reimbursement, I was denied part of my reimbursement because one of the books I submitted wasn't requested on the class syllabus. I had gotten an older version of a math textbook, which the professor had already approved. I called the tuition reimbursement department, and the person assigned to my case would not budge on making an exception. Even after I submitted my professor's email from the beginning of class, stating that my chosen book was a good substitute. Eventually, I got a mean email with all the rules of the tuition reimbursement process in which it said that reimbursement could be submitted up to 90 days after the class ended, and that all books on the syllabus would be covered. So, I cancelled my reimbursement request, bought the book brand new, and submitted everything again. Got a nasty email about why I hadn't submitted the receipt the first time. Eventually, they paid out everything, including the new book, which I quickly resold for a profit. I did this for five years undergrad and part of grad school, making a profit almost every semester. Actually, that's not a bad loophole to figure out. If you can find a reliable place to buy the used books, buy all the new ones for however much more, undercut the price by just a little bit, and make a nice little profit off of near full value of those books that you already got reimbursed for. It's hilarious too because what OP got as far as an older book goes probably would have saved that company a lot of money. But I guess they don't care as long as you follow the rules. Our next story is by Juicy Globule. No bag allowed an x-ray? No problem. This malicious compliance is my partner's rather than mine. Partner's currently on clinical placement as a healthcare student based in the x-ray department. Due to working in a hospital, her supervisor has told all students that they can't carry any bags with them at any time. No exceptions. However, the staff are allowed small bags. Unfortunately for her, Aunt Flo is currently visiting and requires attending to a minimum of once an hour. This means she needs access to her bag at least as often. The same bag, which is not permitted to leave the changing rooms, which are a good 15-minute walk outside, away from the department. If you've ever worked or been a patient in a hospital, you'll understand how they both are endlessly big and labyrinthine. Her supervisor listened to the above and agreed that it was not a good situation, but that she could not and would not change the rules just for my partner who should just deal with it. She made it clear that it was not her problem to fix and my partner should fix it herself. She complied with the instruction and dealt with it. She took the fresh, full box of sanitary products out of her bag and plopped it in the x-ray control room in full view of the rest of the staff and other students. By the end of the day, the staff and students were advised that the rule had changed and students could carry a bag if needed. First of all, how much do you want to bet that this rule was made by a guy? Just throwing it out there because I feel like most guys, me being one of them, have enough experience going through their life without ever having a bag around that they're like, they would never need a bag. But if you've ever been in somebody else's shoes, especially like OP's partner here, you'd know that there are some situations where you genuinely do need that bag. Although the situation in general was bad, I think the good thing is they were able to adapt it after realizing we made a mistake here. 
The funniest thing of all is this was in the healthcare sector. Yeah, deal with your sanitary stuff on your own. You would think of all the workplaces for that kind of thing to happen, the last place would be within a hospital. Our next story is by Condorith Yes. My Nana's compliance turned into one of my best Christmas memories. The compliance isn't quite malicious, more of a clever, crafty compliance. My sweet Nana likes to call all the grandkids months before Christmas to ask what we all want for our gifts. She likes to make sure we all get something we like. I'm notoriously bad at asking for things since I feel bad when people spend too much money on me and I can never think of something inexpensive on the spot. When she calls, I usually avoid the question and procrastinate a few weeks on deciding what to ask for until my mom bugs me to give Nana an answer. My avoidance tactic last year when she asked what I wanted was to answer with a hippopotamus. I'm a big fan of the song, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, and I thought she'd get a kick out of it since the song came out when she was a kid. She was very amused and we sang the song afterwards. When the holidays rolled around, I realized I had never called back to give her a real answer. Nana is known for taking things literally, but clearly the hippopotamus comment was a joke, right? Well, she took it as an opportunity to teach me a lesson. When I visited her for Christmas, my gift was a gigantic hippopotamus squishmallow. For those unaware, squishmallows are very soft, dumpling-like plushies. I love my hippo very much, and he's lovely to sleep on, but I learned to start planning what to tell Nana a little in advance, instead of trying to brush her off with a joke. All around, a great Christmas and I wouldn't trade my hippo for the world. I mean, it is what I asked for. This is one of those stories where I actually relate to OP very heavily. The hardest question for me to answer a lot of times is, what do you want for your birthday or Christmas or whatever? I don't even know what I want. I think the problem is what I do want is either hundreds of dollars and unrealistic to ask for, or I just want money. I think the biggest problem with myself is I don't really have like inexpensive things that I want. I'm not huge on material things like jewelry or watches or rings or anything like that. It's a challenging thing to know what I even want for Christmas. And our final story of the day is by Ghost Cardinal, the wrong kind of cream. Full disclosure, I was the victim of malicious compliance in this case, and I'm mostly telling this from secondhand accounts, as it was 20 years ago. When I was a kid, I loved ice cream, could never get enough of it. And whenever I'd see any, I would, like the immature child I was, demand to have some. One time when I was around 4 to 6, I was at a restaurant with family. We were all eating and I saw they were serving a white creamy substance. Now I immediately thought this was certainly vanilla ice cream, so naturally I demanded my dad give me some. He tried telling me it wasn't ice cream but I didn't believe him and everyone else was getting annoyed with my antics. So cue malicious compliance. Instead of smearing it on bread like everyone else was, my dad gave me a big spoonful. I happily chomped down on it, only to immediately recoil with a look of shock, disgust, and betrayal that only a child could muster. If you hadn't guessed by now, it was cream cheese. My dad laughed and told me it was cream cheese. However, being a young stupid child, who just thought he ate ice cream and clearly didn't believe his father the first time, I didn't believe him thought it was ice cream and apparently refused to even touch ice cream after that for three years. And apparently after I learned it was cream cheese, I avoided that like the plague too. 
Luckily, I've overcome this youthful foolishness and enjoy both ice cream and cream cheese. But lesson learned, always know what you're eating before you eat it. This just gave me shameful memories. As a kid, I think my parents took me to a buffet place. It was probably Golden Corral. And I was in like the entree section and at the very back corner there was this one thing. I couldn't quite make out what it was. There, I don't know if there was a label or anything like that. So I got a few spoonfuls of it, you know, just like a decent little serving of it on my plate. I bring it back and my family all go, what is that? And they look closer and they go, Stephen, why did you put so much butter on your plate? And in that moment, kid me was mortified that I didn't know it was literally butter I scooped onto my plate. And I had like a mashed potato sized serving of just butter on my plate. Well, if anybody needed any butter, I had it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.